StreamYard, How I Met Your Mother, Tron 1.0. <laughs> Does she know that she's meeting us? Yes. <laughs> On purpose? Hi. Where are you going? Well, let your mom get comfortable. Oh, are you okay? She appears. Hey, Hi, mom. mom. Hi, my friends. Hello. What's up, Josh? How you doing? <laughs> Smith Care Bear, Josh. ¿Cómo está, señora? Oh, muy bien. My Spanish is so bad. <laughs> yeah, another thing Shanti gets from you. Okay, <laughs> we know where Shanti gets from now. Uh -huh. We only spoke English in the house. See, I don't lie about that. It was the grandparents that tried. That they tried, yeah. Didn't work. Oh. Did you just hit me? Wow. It's called discipline. It's called discipline. Let me know when I'm ready to go. You are ready to go. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. There are over one million computer systems in the United States. Inside every one of them is a startling new world. Kevin Flynn, a computer genius, unlocks the dimension beneath the screen. He becomes a prisoner in a world of his own making. The world of Tron. Hello, hello to our listeners out there in the Scuttlebutt Nation. This is your co-host Shanti, and it's time to talk a little Tron. Take it away, Scuttle Daddy. Woo, woo, woo! What's up, everybody? Oh, man, thank you there. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. That is correct. Shanti, oh, man, you did a good job. I'm going to have you do more of these intros because uh, that was hot, hot, hot. How, did the, how do we say it, Frank? Caliente? Muy caliente. Muy caliente. Thank you so much, everybody. That's right, Scuttlebutt Nation. We are back on track. We're going to be doing a deep dive. Uh, we haven't had one of these shows in a while, our deep dive shows. Um, uh, Frank, uh, uh, one of our patrons, uh, the Frank, um, had suggested uh, that uh, we take a look at the calendar. And this year happens to be a what is it uh 40th anniversary of tron 1982 the classic disney computer effects movie that uh started uh you know this this trend of 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 uh of high tech and and things like that so uh tron is uh on our scopes uh at the time so let's check it out and uh not only do we have frank but we have uh the one the only sith care bear josh uh, to join us and regale us with his knowledge of Tron as well. So we have a full house tonight. Uh, let's get started. Let's say hello to Josh and Frank. What's up, guys? Howdy, howdy. How's it going? 
So happy to have you. And uh, yeah, Tron was uh, such an interesting film, and I can't get. Uh, I, I I'm super excited to get into this talk. Let, let's uh, let's dive right in because uh, Tron. Not only uh, is it a memorable film for many reasons, we had some folks on Twitter tell us that uh, they also enjoyed Tron back in the day. But I I think I remember posting a question about watching Tron in the theater. And I just cut to the chase and I said, all of you must have been fetuses when this movie first came out. Uh, but if you have seen it maybe on VHS or Laserdisc, what was your impression? And uh, we got some very favorable uh, comments. So uh, we, I know uh, I'll look them up while we start talking, but um, another one of our patrons, uh, Melanie, said that she has some fond memories of Tron going uh, to see Tron with her dad uh, and her sister, I think it was. Uh, so really, really cool stuff. And I think, you know, that original movie, like I said, really sparked the imagination of the audience. Let's uh, let's get started. Frank, I know you had some notes. Uh, what do we got? Tron came out uh, July 9th, 1982, uh, stars Jeff Bridges. Um, it's basically almost like the fantasy of every kid. You know, you always, while you're playing a video game, say, man, I'd love to be transported into this video game to be able to to do all this stuff. That's essentially what's going on here. Uh, Jeff Bridges plays um, Kevin Flynn. Uh, he used to be this top shot uh, programmer in Enron or not Enron <laughs> Encom Enron. I wonder Enron. if that's really close. Same, same. same. I know we were talking about real estate earlier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, he basically finds out that this person has been stealing all his work. He's pretty much taking credit for everything that he's done and has decided that he wants to fight back. So with the help of two of his friends who are from Encom, uh, they decide uh, to break in and try to steal back his work and in the process he gets sucked in to a computer i said yeah. hey look if this is about those parking tickets i can explain everything okay and where he finds out that programs users are all intertwined and it's basically a whole new world, one that's completely different from ours. And then he has to fight his way back to not only regain all his stuff, but also in a, in a sense, save this world from the evil MC, I think it's like MCU, MCP, I think it is, MCP. the master program. Ma right, master, master, program. master control pro program. Master control program, end of line. Um, yeah, this but was yeah, that's uh, basically the gist of it. Yeah, absolutely. This was kind of like the Matrix before the Matrix. I think. Oh you yeah. Know, mm -hmm. Being able to uh, go inside the computer and and see what's going on, um, it had some very uh, cutting edge technology uh, for the time, and I know um, I remember watching the film and really you know getting a kick out of uh, everything that was uh, glowing. It looked like a, a nightclub at a rave, uh, at Miami downtown <laughs> club. <laughs> Boots and pants, um, but um, yeah, a rogue Disney. Get your glow sticks out. Get your glow sticks out. You know, I'm guessing a lot of people really had some fond memories of it, and absolutely, I I, I love it. I have nothing but fond memories of this movie. Um, you know, growing up, I obviously I, I own it on disc, 
I know it's available on um, on Disney Plus. Uh, Shanti, you just watched it recently, didn't you? Yeah, I actually watched it um, today because to be completely honest, this was one of those movies. Uh, well, first of all, I was born in 86, so four years after. <laughs> um, so I didn't get to see it, obviously. But um, this was one of those movies that was, all, you know, it was played on Disney, on the Disney Channel every once in a while. But I always kind of watched it piecemealed because it actually never really interested me. I always thought it was a little bit boring, but it could have been the age that I was watching it. So it was one of those lazy Sunday afternoon movies and there was nothing else on. Now, having watched it through the eyes of an adult, I think I love it. I thought it was really good. Um, I couldn't pay attention too much because I was doing other stuff, but I definitely appreciate it. And I'm, you know me, I'm the kind of person that I don't care how old the movie is. I don't, it never looks cheesy to me or anything like that. I always appreciate something for its time. So the fact that this was something that was made 40 years ago impresses me very, very much. So at the end, not only that, it was so great to see Jeff Bridges. He's so young in the movie. It's insane to me. Video game unit 18 in here, program. Hey, will you call them program? Program. So, um, forward for its time. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So when I watched the uh, sequel many years later, I, I, for some reason I thought Bruce Buckleitner was, uh, had passed and then he, he shows up and I'm like, wait a minute, isn't he dead? This is awesome. CGI. <laughs> He's right. Well, there was some guy. Awesome CGI. <laughs> But, I have um, to watch the sequel. I, I did. He, he's still alive today, bro. Just so you know. Like, <laughs> it's not like my family, just killing all these celebrities when they're not dead. Scarecrow and Mrs. King, baby. You I'm know, watching Boy Meets, Meets World, and my mom is like, "Isn't William Daniels dead?" I'm like, "Kid is not dead yet. What is wrong with you?" Well, we do that when we watch my when my watch my, when my wife and I watch old movies, and there's like animals in the shots. We're like, uh -huh. "That dog's probably dead now." <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's, it's I'm terrible. Shocked. I'm laughing because I do the same thing. It's such a morbid way to yeah. think. It's it's like it's watching so all the blasties, yeah. like that dog's dead. Yeah, we're terrible. So we uh, obviously one of the one of the visual aspects of this film is is the special effects. Um, there were you know for the time, Shanti, you said it. It uh, it was revolutionary for the time. Um, Josh, you want to talk a little bit about what what you took from the visuals? I mean, it's a very visual film, this one and the sequel. I mean, in many ways, it's it's part of the reason that I love cinema. And it's why that's what I do for a living. Uh, I, I I went I did go see it in theaters, and um, I mean, I was young, and it was summertime, and the daycare that was taking care of me decided to take the kids to see the new Disney movie, and. Uh, I was watching, but no one else was. All the kids were just running up and down the aisles. And I remember hearing two of the teachers as they were conversing, um, one of them say, you know, maybe we should have picked a different movie um, because it's just, you know, it's not for kids. Um, it was it was meant to be something that was progressive and, and kind of made you think a little bit. And, and like you said, you know, it, it was the Matrix before the Matrix. It was it was Terminator before Terminator. I mean, it was the warning against AI and 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 technology and computers and what that's going to eventually lead to and what, what it frankly has already reached in many respects. Um, but visually, I recall even at that young age, just being mesmerized by the colors and, and like you said, the glowing you know costumes. And of course I watch it back now and it looks like some cosplayers and foam, but um, 
you know, that's it doesn't it matter. The, it was, and and the message still holds up. Um, and and that's what it's really all about is is the story when it comes down to it. Um, a lot of religious uh, undertones in it as well, with the belief in the users and and whatnot. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that really makes uh, good sci-fi stand the test of time. You know, it could be shot in such a cheesy way sometimes, but, you know, when people connect to the message, I think, um, you know, like in this case, it really holds up. Um, I think Tron is one of those movies that uh, will be forever, um, you know, put on a list of, of that type of, you know, thinking man's nerd, uh, thinking nerds uh, movie. Um, like you said, because it does have a lot of, uh, you know, deep messages in there. And like I said, you know, any good sci-fi, we talked about uh, Planet of the Apes. We talk about, you know, some of the other stuff, 2001. Uh, just really, really great stories. Uh, and, you know, our, our favorite uh, Star Wars director has said special effects are nothing if it weren't, uh, if it wasn't for the good story. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, talking about the effects, um, uh, Frank, you got in the notes uh, regarding um, some of the the methods that were used in this film. And back in the day, you know, computer graphics was very, very new. You had some very early computer graphics, even in Star Wars with the uh, the um, what do you call it? The, the military tracking graphics of, of the uh, view screens on the X-Wings and TIE Fighters that was uh, created by some computer science uh, here at uh, UIC in Chicago and, and, and stuff like that. But this went a little further because I don't think they shot anything, any one shot, I guess early in the film they did, but and everything was pretty much had to have some sort of special effects, some sort of glowing thing that, uh, that was happening. Uh, very unique. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Well, I mean, it's very ahead of its time because people, people, um, if you show a kid right now Tron, they think, "Oh, look at all that CGI." It used no CGI at all, like yeah. at all. Every like the costumes were basically, um, as as far as I understand, they were just plain white costumes, all around. Um, and then what they did is is that they had to go back and paint, like hand like hand paint each frame. So like that's the glowing that you see on on the costume everywhere. It's 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 pretty it's pretty crazy to think that like they had to go pretty much frame by frame everybody wearing the white uh um jumpsuits pretty much with the helmets and everything um and then little by little go back and start and then putting in the colors so that it has that glowing effect you know i always thought the craziest thing about that film was and it's very it's very small it's um the helicopter, you know, in like the beginning of the movie when the helicopter is coming mm. into the building. I like that too. I yeah. always, I always thought like, how did they, how do they do that? Like, how is it so like it's like glowing? It's like it's like yeah. Darth Vader lightsaber red, mm -hmm. like the entire like just all of it. And I was just like, that is that's awesome. I always thought that that was so cool. How like you know it's like dead of night. You you can barely see the helicopter. All you see is the lines of the helicopter with the with, with the logo on it, and it's just flying by. And that and that imagery kind of makes you question, you know, it, in this moment, am I in the grid or am I in reality? You know, Correct. I mean, because the way that it's set up, it's meant to kind of look like everything that's in the grid. Yeah. Well, and then also uh, just going back to what you were saying, Ro, about how how this is the early stages of using computers. 
to to essentially make movies. So you have those scenes where um, we have uh, the the actors essentially in the computer, and nowadays you can do that just as easy. Back then, you couldn't do that. You couldn't do it all together. You had to kind of film everything that was happening, and then you had to then go into the computer and then you know try to try to piece all the stuff together. Like it's it's just mind boggling that this movie forty years ago when the technology was nowhere near i mean basically the technology you have on your phone right now is 10 times better than what you had back then and they were able to put together uh you know the light cycle um uh scene where you see the light cycles just going in and and then like they cut into the the actors inside of the um, of the of the motorcycles it's just it's it's crazy on how they like they had to like literally piece things together to make it work. Like it wasn't just everything all together. Like, all right, let's just put you here. And then we're just going to put everything behind you. It's like, no, you have to film something and then take it and then try to piece it all together. You know, when you think about it, it's uh, it, it, it sets up this existential question of, you know, who are we? Are we, are we more than, I guess to use Yoda's uh, quote, are we more than this crude matter? Um, so I, you know, I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it was also one of the first um, major motion pictures to use um, 70 millimeter uh, uh, film for the for the camera. I mean, for the for the filming of it. So it, it was it was very groundbreaking for everything as far as like graphics wise, which made me laugh when I was doing my research on it, that the movie itself was not even considered for the Oscar for visual effects. Yeah, yeah that's bad. It made me. It made me laugh, and then like the the reason why because people think that using computers is cheating. Cheating, I saw that. Yeah, which is kind of funny considering the day and age that we are right now when movies it's all are computers. It's all computers, and they're yeah. and they're all winning awards because of the computers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean you can't uh, you can't sit down at a computer, uh, push a button that says effects, and then all of a sudden it's it's right, there. Right, it's so much more. Um, so much more than that. You've got uh, you know the <laughs> designing and rendering and applying of shapes and colors and shades and lighting, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. Um, absolutely. There's uh, definitely a, a talent that goes into all of that. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the bad guy played the best character in Titanic, the yeah. bodyguard. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Lovejoy. Well, and he played the doctor in uh, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Yes, yes, you're yes, right. He did. Right. He played the, he played the Secret of the Ooze, man. I know. Secret yeah. of the Ooze. <laughs> so many movies. Oh, you'll get to see what it feels like now, too, because I don't know if this was in your notes, Frank, because I don't read. Um, <laughs> there is a Tron ride currently being built at Magic Kingdom. Oh, that's Kingdom. right. Yes. Yeah. I didn't put and- that on my notes because uh since we were talking mainly about the original you know obviously yeah shanti yeah i know it's based on (laughs) i can i can talk about the sequel to the the galsco hill too it'll it'll still be cool to kind of feel like you're riding on the on the spike i was was there two years ago right before the pandemic hit and you could already see the track being built and stuff what i like about the ride is is that it's bringing it's bringing the intrigue back to tron Mm -hmm. because a lot of people you know like Tron Legacy came out in 2010, I think it was 2010 when it came out. So it's been around 12 years since, you know, the last real uh, Tron, you know, anything Tron related. So now you have Disney bringing back the Tron 
you know, roller coaster. Obviously, they have one, I think, in Shanghai Disney. I think yeah, it is. They're already. They have it there already, and now they're bringing it to the to the states. So I really hope that this kind of like stirs up, you know, Tron interest. You know, because I've always said I feel like they can make another movie. That isn't going to do you any good, Flynn. I'm afraid. Stop. Please. You realize I can't allow this. Now, how are you going to run the universe if you can't even answer a few unsolvable problems? Huh? Come on, big fella. Let's see what you got. I'd like to go against you and see what you're made of. You know, you don't look at a thing like your pictures. I'm warning you. You're entering a big era, Flynn. I'm gonna have to put you on the game grid. Game? You want games? I'll give you games. Well, I know that they had initially planned to do another movie, yeah. so I'm curious if the purpose behind this is to sort of get some, like, like you said, kind of get people interested in Tron again so that they can get some hype behind this new film. Yeah. I read somewhere, what was that movie that Disney came out after Tron that uh, that was super expensive, but it kind of bombed, and that kind of put the kibosh on a th- uh, a, a third Tron movie? Black Hole? No, no, no. This Tomorrowland? was... Uh, after Tomorrowland. The yeah, Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. Yeah. Yeah. So they spent a boatload of money. It didn't do well. And that kind of put the kibosh on special effects films, which, you know, Tron 3 was, was kind of in the works, um, which is a shame because uh, I really, really love the, tran- the Tron franchise and, mm-hmm. um, you know, make Tron 2 happen. Yeah. Well, or yeah, 3. No, they, 3. 3. <laughs> Well, they need to. I feel like they left so much on the table with Tron Legacy. I feel like they um, they could really just go back in there and, you know, even bring back uh, some of the characters from Tron Legacy and then introduce – because, you know, the world is so vast. I mean, like, I feel like they just barely touched, you know, barely really touched on that world. There's so much more. Yeah, and plus they're bringing programs into the real world. So, I mean, it's it's – yeah, there's a whole other level of storytelling ready to come. So I really felt like Legacy was kind of a, you know, a middle story anyway, a transition story into something bigger that they wanted to tell down the road. So hopefully they will. I've got a little challenge for you, Sark. A new recruit. It's a tough case, but I want him treated in the usual manner. Train him for the games. Let him hope for a while and blow him away. You got it. I've been hoping you'd send me somebody with a little bit of guts. What kind of program is he? He's not any kind of program, Sark. He's a user. A user? That's right. He pushed me in the real world. Somebody pushes me, I push back, so I brought him down here. What's the matter, Sark? You look nervous. Well, I... It's just... I don't know, a user, I mean... Users wrote us. A user even wrote you. No one user wrote me. I'm worth millions of their man years. What if I can't? You'd rather take your chances with me? Want me to slow down your power cycles for you? Wait! I need that! Then pull yourself together. Get this clown trained. I want him in the games until he dies playing. Acknowledge. Acknowledge, Master Control. End of line. All right, time for the big thank yous podcast family to those of you that support the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. 
Team Scarif gives you all a heartfelt thank you, wonderful people who have found it in their hearts to support our show. We're super lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, What Up Joey, The Salty Crew at the Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt, super fan of many of the Red 5 Network pods, Nicholas Schaefer, follow him at Backyard Tardis. What's up, Nick? Our Star Wars celebration friend, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons. Jay from Florida, our other Floridians, Frank, at the garrison level. Big thanks. And looking at you, Steve, from Rogue One Radio. Check out that Red 5 pod for movies, music, TV, and more. And certainly not least, our executor level patrons, 97 Bravo and the Conversions Podcast. And Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused Podcast. Big thank you, Red Fivers. Go give them a follow. And our newest garrison-level patron, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. Huge respect to all our patrons for your support. And if you want to become more involved in the Scarif Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. And don't forget, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Well, and and of course, at the end of the movie, uh, they do have like two deleted scenes that, like, they um, I think they included it on the Tron Legacy Blu-ray, where um, um, Tron Allen's uh, character in the real world actually um, is in contact with uh, Ram from the original mm-hmm. movie, which they hadn't, nice. they didn't even show him at all in the movie. Basically, saying like, "Oh, he he," um, basically saying about uh, Sam, saying like he found a way to get in, like he mm-hmm. found a way to get in. Oh, and then they cool. had um dillinger's son which they barely show him which uh he's actually played by um uh, I, always, I always forget his name uh killian murphy mm-hmm. in oh, okay. in tron legacy and yeah. how he was he was communicating <laughs> with the uh, master control program at the end of the movie on, on how he was like you know they're trying to take over the company again and then you know the computer says end of line which is obviously yeah. famous from from the original tron movie <laughs> you said ram <laughs> <laughs> yes i did i said ram yes Let's, uh, you know, this movie was so groundbreaking uh, back in the day. Let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, other projects uh, post-Tron that inspired, that were inspired, ins- direct inspirations uh, because of Tron. Um, you got some stuff in the notes, something that I did not uh, realize regarding uh, Pixar and, and Toy Story and, and things like that. Um, why don't you tell us about that? Well, this... Um... Um, who was it? I think it was uh, uh, John Lasseter and, and Steve Jobs basically said that Toy Story was directly inspired by Tron. That they basically said that we want to make the first ever movie just on computer. Just on computer. Oh, okay. And so that's basically where they're saying like that they saw how how they were able to do it by mixing in uh, the real world and computers. They said like, well, why don't we just do it all with computers? Hadn't been done at that time. I think the closest that they had ever come to up until Toy Story was, I think, uh, the Brave Little Toaster, which I, which I think had a lot of uh, computer, computer animated graphics in it. 
but yeah, um, that they said that this is this is basically saying like this is the future. The future of of animation, the future of movies is computers. Is you know, which is which is if you think about it, once Toy Story came out, basically uh, the whole game changed. As you know, as much as people loved the old school Disney of you know um, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, you know there was a new age coming and. It started with it started with Toy Story, but it, it could be brought all the way back to Tron. Tron laid the foundation for what we now today see of all these uh, computer animated movies. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, like I said, you know, groundbreaking graphics, uh, something that has not had you know had not been seen since then. Uh, really, really cool. Um, how much money did this movie make? Um, and what did it cost to uh, to make this back in the day? 1982? So, yeah, so the budget for the movie was $17 million. Yeah, that's like, nowadays, that's like the uh, craft services. <laughs> well, that's like the salary of an actor, probably. Uh, and it only, it grossed uh, $50 million. Well, I, I would figure it would, uh, it would make a little more than that. Well, the the problem is, and I, um, I think I put it on my notes here, the real problem with that is that the competition that it was going up against at the same exact time that it was released. Because they wanted this to be brought out as a summer summer blockbuster, saying like, oh, we're going to, you know. Uh, but it came out, uh, I think I have it here on my notes. Let's see if I could uh, just locate it. Yeah, it came out at the same exact time as Blade Runner and E.T., which as much as, you know, Tron is such a good movie, it's really hard to go up against two sci-fi, you know, classics like yeah. those two. Oh, that's awesome. I, oh, totally, nice. I totally forgot I had a Tron awesome. Flynn action figure. Oh, and that's that's from the first uh, one. Yeah, yeah. The Diamond Selection. Yeah, the first one. Those are cool. I've seen yeah. that. I've like, like, I've seen those before. Uh, uh, what are they? Like... You know what's funny is that sometimes you find some of the best action figures or toys in Walgreens and CVS. That's where I got yeah, it. That's true. That's where, yeah. yeah. Gentle, yeah. gentle Giant Studios. I didn't realize. Sometimes you go around there and you're like, wow. It's like, where did mm -hmm. like, where'd they get this from? Yeah, absolutely. It's exactly where I got it. I'm like, oh, look, Tron. Ah, that is awesome. I got an extra 20 so bucks. Cool. <laughs> well, I totally forgot I had it because it was back there behind a Stormtrooper or something. <laughs> That's really funny. Poor Tron, relegated Poor behind Tron. the stormtrooper. Come on, man. <laughs> Get back in line. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the cast. It had a really stellar cast. I think they all had uh, some really great chemistry. And again, uh, I was talking with some friends um, online, some internet friends, um, about Star Trek and how, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have internet friends, stranger danger. <laughs> um, I was talking to them about how Star Trek kind of works as uh, an ensemble piece. Obviously, there's so many characters, but the original Star Trek had uh, Spock, Bones, and, and, um, and Kirk. Um, obviously Star Wars has kind of the same dynamic between the three original cast members, yeah. um, which is really cool, but there's something about 
threes uh, when it comes to casting, and I think it works very well here. Definitely, um, yeah. Josh, what what do you think about uh, the? I, I don't know. It's, I, I think Hollywood um, had this uh, thing back in the day to kind of uh, relegate uh, the cast to you know using three really good actors, but it, it definitely, obviously, it definitely works. It has worked in the past, but um, out of the three actors here, who's uh, who's your favorite? Who stands out? But like I said, I think they all have some pretty good chemistry. I, I think they all do a good job. Um, I, I did enjoy Bruce Boxleitner, um, but I mean, come on, Jeff Bridges, you know, it's the dude. Um, <laughs> and, and he, and, and, you know, it's funny, even though it's years before you can still see hints of that character coming out in him because it's just so very yeah. much who he really is. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed him in that movie. Um, and uh, I thought uh, David Warner, the guy that played, um, uh, Dillinger, I, I thought that he was really good, um, and uh, I particularly like the dynamic and the difference between their real-world counterparts and then who they are, you know, in the the computer. I mean, obviously Flynn is Flynn, but when you look at him at the beginning when he's working with Clue, his his hacker program that's helping him try to find these files, you know, the difference there is is staggering. Clue's very kind of robotic and everything and sort of clueless. And um and then you've got Flynn who's Flynn. Um but yeah, I just it kind of gives the actors an opportunity to sort of play multiple parts within the same film. And it was fun to sort of see them get the chance to do that. Absolutely. I absolutely love David Warner in mostly everything he's in because he plays such a heavy character. And when he's when he's playing a bad guy, I mean, he did it uh, in uh, the Star Trek films. He was uh, Ambassador Kang, I think was his name. Yeah, he was in one. Uh, I think it was Star Wars five or six. I think it was he was the bad guy. Star, Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> Star Wars, Star Trek. Like, uh -oh. Please, please do not hurt me. Please do not hurt me. The principal wants to see you in his yeah, office. Exiled. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, David Warner is such a a, a great actor. Uh, like I said, he brings a certain something to uh, the projects that he's in. And uh, yeah, you mentioned Jeff Bridges, obviously one of the actors uh, actors in this film that I have not seen. Um, more after that is Cindy Morgan. Um, not sure what she's been up to. Yeah, I don't know. But um, she, she wasn't bad action. in the film. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But you know, you you've got some of these actors sometimes that you know do their thing and then decide to uh, kind of uh, you know quit uh, midstream. Um, but yeah, absolutely, they had some. Like I said, they had some really great chemistry. Um, I really I'm enjoyed Matlock. them. Uh, you know what? Everybody. I used to have a thing for old Yori back in the day. It's okay. It's fine. She was. Oh, I had a thing for her back in the day when she was in Caddyshack. There you go, Caddyshack. There you go. Mm. Perfect. Perfect. I know. I liked her with all the glowy stuff on her. So. You know it, and you know the the Neutron, the outfits in the Neutron um, have been cosplayed to death, and I I know I've seen some original Tron cosplay at conventions, which is really <clears> cool. People get really inventive with, uh, especially nowadays when you can go out to the $5 store and get some LED strips yeah. and yeah. Uh, hook those up. Uh, really, really stunning stuff. And, uh, you know, hoping that... Uh, that Sounds I, like a fire I, waiting to happen. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, those are those are very low-voltage, uh, you know, devices. So, 
But yeah, oh, we have to be... mention we have to even though he doesn't have Jeff such Bridges' a big... crotch in his costume. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> here we go. Oh, I'm sorry. This isn't Scarif after dark this yet. Exactly... My bad. The no, lights are blue. He's not actually. I'm blue. sorry. You so, could cut know. this row. <laughs> You know, we also we also have to mention uh, everybody's favorite uh, grandpa, Bernard Hughes, in the oh, movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Mister Lost yeah. Boys himself. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually had some good lines in Tron. You know, he talked about you know the computers becoming smarter than us and kind of warned them against that. Well, talk about prophetic. I mean, you know, you you mentioned earlier that uh, it was a cautionary tale for sure. And uh, yeah, definitely is um, very I cool. I like from... that. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, we didn't listen because we're basically no, attached to the hip. I do our... love movies like this that end up being very, very good warnings, warning signs, and predictors. And still, we think of it as just some goofy movie. But I'm like, mm -hmm. no, we're falling right we're falling into it. it. Right yep. into it. Like, I'm yeah. petrified of AI. I mean, you think of what a big issue we have with hackers and things like yeah, that today as yeah. far as, you know, cybersecurity. And that's what the whole movie's about. Tron is a security program for the computer. Clue is a hacking program who is then the villain in the sequel. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's very prophetic and, and kind of hit the, the nail on the head. And here we are just wallowing in it. We, right. we didn't do anything as far as paying attention to it. We just and the, said, "Huh, that's cool." And, then moved and on. the funny thing is, is that Clue, like you said, Clue is the villain in the in the sequel, and yet he was created by his user. Mm -hmm. like, no matter, you know, if you give somebody so much uh, freedom and you give them so much information, you know, eventually they're going to start to wonder, it's like, well, why do I need you then? Yeah, it's iRobot. Like, yeah. Exactly. I could just do all this by myself. I don't need you. It's like I'm gonna make this perfect, you know. I'm gonna take out stuff that is not perfect, which is my user. That's why I'm really nice to Siri when I talk to her. I always <laughs> tell her, "Thank you." I asked her when the machines were gonna take over, and she said she can't. She said she can't tell me that now. <laughs> she can't divulge that information. So yeah, exactly. Alexa I was like, "That's a real suspicious." I refuse uh, to have Alexa <laughs> in my house. Yeah, I don't need her listening. She is listening. She is me. listening. Totally. She is listening. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Kelly and I have done this experiment. Yeah. We have had specific conversations just to see what happens. And then we would go on Instagram <laughs> or Google and all of a sudden the advertisement would pop up literally no. five no. minutes after we mentioned. Well, your phone listens to you too. When you're oh, yeah. talking, I could be talking about something that's out of this world. I'm like, oh, I've this and that. And then I scroll Facebook or Instagram. There it is. There's the, yeah. uh, the advertisement. with my mom. She Edible. Edible. Murderous Winnie the Pooh movie that's coming out. She hadn't looked it up at all on her phone. All of a and sudden, there it, it came up as there an advertisement on her phone. I just got a pop-up uh, for edible underwear. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, it's so strange. <laughs> so strange. We're talking about that. Know. It even that? knows what you're thinking, bro. It even knows what you're thinking. So who directed uh, the original Tron? We've got uh, Steven Lisberger. I'm looking up his IMDb. Oh, he, yeah, he, also, he also wrote it. Yeah. And that's so cool. Yeah, he direct he directed a uh, slipstream. Yeah, very nice. And Anim Olympics, nineteen eighty. <gasps> well, there you go. Proud achievement. Olympics. It's a cartoon, right? Yeah. 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 Yes, I watched that as a kid. I love the Anim Olympics. It's too funny. I've never heard of it. Oh, I love it. Because <laughs> really you were good. you were a child. You were yes. a fetus. <laughs> awesome. But, you know, other than um, anything that we've already talked about, I mean, Tron is, uh, again, it's it's a fan favorite. You know, it, these movies come in waves. We we remember them. We forget them. They, they you know, like this year, it, it's having its anniversary. Um, I don't see a lot of people uh, or accounts on Twitter really talking about it. Um, but it's definitely one of those movies in the geekdom that uh, deserves attention both you know the original tron and the subsequent sequel um, made an awesome video game made an awesome yeah. video game i love the video game it's one of those video games that i wanted to buy when i got mm. my production office i wanted to get the stand up yeah. because yeah. i spent so much so much money um <laughs> you know on that video game the light cycles were light great light cycles were hard man yeah the um the spiders uh what else the tanks were the awesome tanks, it, yeah. it was such a such a wonderful wonderful game and i remember you know getting dressed in in you know the clothes with some like white strips or something and then it always had a black light up on top so if you stepped into the game you glowed so that was really cool in the stand up game yeah, they still have a. There's an arcade here in Miami where they actually have the Tron arcade um, cabinet there, where you can actually play, and it has the original joystick and everything. Cool. That's very really cool. cool. Yeah. Is that the arcade I went to? Um, I think the Arcade Odyssey. Yes. Yes. Cool. That one. I missed it. I missed it. Very nice. Because you, you were looking for it about as hard as you were watching it earlier. Today, Shut right? up. I was busy playing the pinball machine. Yeah. Did you guys notice pinball how, wizard. how in the movie there's uh, the reason why they use the, um, the disc for for throwing, why they use that as the uh, as the weapon for the movie? Do you know because why? Because frisbee was really popular at the time. <laughs> no, but that actually would have been a. Uh, it's because the director, um, he was he's anti guns, anti weapons. Oh, okay. So he wanted to find something an alternative for that. So he says, like, you know what, I'm gonna, you know, and that, I'm pretty sure it probably had to do with the '80s because how frisbees were very popular. He wants to teach us all that a frisbee can be a weapon too. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, so he decided it. to. To create that as not only the weapon, but obviously kind of like the memory bank for the for yeah. the programs. So he decided that oh, I'm going to use this as. Well, and it also the... fits with the whole disc idea, like a floppy disc or whatever. Correct, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's where he he got the inspiration from. And it's funny when I was watching the movie again, 
and there was a scene where uh, Jeff Bridges' character is fighting um, a program. They're using the the highlight. Um, I was gonna say the, yeah. the the little the little, and I'm oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. you could tell this is so eighties. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> so, so 80s. I'm like, I know, it was to, cool, man. They're trying, I know. To make it, they're trying to make it so futuristic, but I'm like, come on, it's like it's highlight, man. It's, it's like, highlight. Like, you consider this a cult classic? Oh, 100%. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. A cult yeah. Classic. Because it got, it got, that. it got. Um, obviously, it made 50 million. Obviously, from the 17 million with budget, but people were not giving it good reviews. Like, no. like they felt that no. this movie was going to obviously be the upstart, you know, for doing computer-based movies, but because Disney at the time felt like it didn't meet the expectations that they were hoping, they almost they kind of almost like scrapped it, you know, for for a while until until, you know, obviously until Toy Story even like almost 10 12 years later. And if it weren't for the cult following, I don't think we would have even gotten the sequel that we got. That's yeah, correct. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you guys, when did you <clears throat> notice a resurgence of Tron? I know, you know, Tron Legacy came out, and then there was, I think the uh, there was a cartoon after Legacy uh, that kind of carried the story uh, forward, or, or I don't remember the story too much. But uh, when did we start noticing like new Tron stuff? It just came I out. I think it came out. Of I was nowhere. surprised there was a sequel. I was surprised that they were well, even doing a sequel. To a, a few years before the sequel came out, they released some test footage for it, where you see yeah. the like light cycle forming yes. and, and oh, driving along. Yeah, and, I remember. And the I think crowd at that point, crazy. yeah, and I think at that point, people had. I feel like they waited until people completely forgot about Tron. You know, yeah. where Tron was almost like the Jedi in the sequel trilogy, you know, it's something of legend or whatever, um, which is ridiculous after 30 years, but it's whatever. I mean, I guess it's relevant because it'd been that long for Tron too. Um, but, uh, but still, um, yeah, we, uh, I, I think they waited until everyone had forgotten about it. And then they showed us something that reminded us of it, but was miles beyond what it was visually. And, uh, and I think that really got people excited for it. And then, they just turned out to be kind of disappointed with the movie itself. Yeah. The first thing Which I remember really was uh, they had, um, I think it was Mickey Mouse, like like around the time, like before the movie was even, they had him, I think, dressed up in Tron type, you know, like the Tron uniform from the, from the original that. movie. Yeah. And then like, like that was like the first time I'm like, huh, I'm like, I'm like, that's really out of left field because you never hear about Tron. Mm-hmm. Like and then like in the nineties and like the two thousands, you barely heard anything about Tron. Like the closest you heard about Tron was probably the Matrix. But obviously the Matrix was completely kind of like the other extreme as far as as far as Tron. And then I remember I was in theaters, I think it was probably like a year, year and a year and a half before the movie even came out, and they showed the the teaser. And then people were kind of wondering, like, what what is this? Because like it was like I said, it had been I think at that time, twenty twenty plus years since Tron, and then uh, they showed Jeff Bridges and then the light cycles and then and then like um, if I remember correctly, I think like the guy was like, oh, have mercy, and then like Jeff Bridges' character because he was the good guy in the movie, he's like, no, I don't think I will, and then he, and then like it he he kills him, and then and then obviously the Tron legacy. Um, logo and then that that was to me the first time i was like i was like wow i can't believe they're actually making a sequel to this ncom ceo kevin flynn was reported missing today he was last seen at his home with his son sam 
Sam, I was Paige last night. Paige came from your dad's office at the arcade. That number's been disconnected for 20 years. Hey, Dad. This isn't happening. And that was a nice bait and switch too, because you're thinking, "Oh no, Flynn's the bad guy now." But yeah, it wasn't Flynn. It uh, wasn't. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, really hoping that they would get back on track and uh, give us another Tron, because I think, uh, from a franchise standpoint, I think they really have something here, um, and then hopefully they will uh, continue uh, with uh, with the story here. Well, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, like Tron Legacy came out in twenty in twenty ten. Look how much technology has evolved and changed yeah. in twelve years. Like they could go, they could go really, I can like go really deep into this. You know, it could be something you know that people would really probably be engaged to because of the fact of how technology about computers is essentially, essentially running our lives on how these movies kind of foreshadowed where where um the world is going to in the future. And like, they could almost say like, "Well, now we're here. Like, the future is here." Yeah. So, you know, I always hear uh, directors and actors say, "Oh, yeah, we'll do it again." But they had, you know, as long as there's a good story. And like, the kid and me are like, "No, just do it, man. Do it. Let's get it." <laughs> I know. But you know, getting into uh, you know the, the the deep discussion on the uh, you know, the story, uh, the warning in society and things like that. And I think that's obviously, like I said earlier, it's one of the reasons that, it, that this movie and this franchise really has survived, um, especially with fans of it. Um, I would, you know, definitely, you know, urge them to take their time and then kind of uh, take a look at uh, what's going on in society and hopefully maybe, I don't know, spin some sort of narrative or story around that uh just to kind of continue to take it uh you know um not mainstream but to, to take it into a significant area of storytelling that uh that folks can relate to and kind of uh you know pick apart because i think you know I, i've always like i said i've always loved good sci-fi that makes you think and uh tron was definitely one of those yeah well especially the sequel when they were you know um Kevin Flynn was basically he was in there because he was trying to, you know, basically almost say, oh, we can use computers. We can use this this to help our world with mm -hmm. a million different things, with diseases, with yeah. uh, with poverty. You know, like we can you know, we can build like like essentially saying like he wanted to build a better world and he felt that he can use the digital world to help, you know, the real world. So it's like one of those things where you're kind of like, you know, basically we're having uh, computers essentially help save us from yeah. 
from everything that's happening. Yep. I just turned over the action figure that I put out uh, earlier, and it says, uh, this item intended for sale at Walgreens only. If found at other outlets, call 1-800-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah. They want you to tattletale on them. <laughs> oh, Walgreens, man. But it's it's an interesting exclusive, uh, like you said, you know, at a pharmacy. They, they do sell yeah. drugs, so I'm just saying. <laughs> That's right. True. True. It's very, it's very, very weird to find that out of Walgreens. But. Great place to go during Halloween, by the way. They have some really good. Speaking oh, yeah. of which, I'm actually buying some uh, Black Series figures from Walgreens, even as we speak. <laughs> Continue, you as you were saying. <laughs> as you were, as you were. Very nice. End of line. Need... <laughs> End of line. <laughs> Any other thoughts on Tron? I think uh, we we covered a lot here. Um, I love it. I love yeah. Tron. I love it. Yeah, I, mean, I love it too. You know who didn't love it at the time? Disney animators. Yeah, they were worried their jobs. They hated it. They yeah. said that they would not work on Tron because it was going to replace them. Which well, were they were they wrong? They I mean, wrong. when was the last time Disney did something two D animated? You know, The Princess and the Frog. That was the last one. Yeah. Shut down the studio, the animation studio, which is kind of sad. You know, it's like I, I miss like, the 2D. I love the 2D, honestly. Yeah, I yeah, understand. I like, like I understand I doing with. the yeah, I like I understand doing the computer animated stuff, yeah. which is which is nice. You know, it's 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 kind of like a breath of fresh air. You know, with something that people have seen since the beginning. You know, of movies. You know, uh, 2D, and then obviously with Toy Story, and then Pixar. You know, pretty much killing it with. Uh, Pretty much every single movie that they come out with but it is nice to kind of like you know dive back into like you know the 2d you know uh like they uh they just announced uh this week i think um the the teaser trailer for geppetto yes. you know being pinocchio and like pinocchio was one of like probably one of the first movies as a kid i remember watching and i was thinking like wow this is incredible and how they how they do all this um and then now you see the teaser trailer and how like you see jiminy cricket as a little cgi animated character and now they're gonna bring you know uh pinocchio to life you know essentially kind of keeping to the original uh disney classic uh pinocchio um it's 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 just crazy and how far like we've come as far as like computer and and animation in general I, mean, I remember watching the first Toy Story in the theater with my parents and my sister and just coming out of the theater and my parents just like, I can't believe what we just saw that looks so realistic. And now even now I look at the first Toy Story movie and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe how far we've come because now yeah. even that looks dated. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, you could tell that that was made on a computer. Yes. it's You could crazy. totally tell I mean, I still love it, obviously, but even, <clears throat> yeah, it's just and quickly, too, which is what also scares me advanced rather well, I mean, you, th things like uh tron we you, if it weren't for that we wouldn't have the cu we wouldn't have all of these these visually stunning films that we have if it weren't for no, you know, what that started um, there's good and bad to everything yeah a quick shout out because tron is not the only thing celebrating its 40th anniversary Shout out to my mom and dad who are celebrating the 40th anniversary. Happy anniversary, mom and dad. So, 
give them a big old wet smooch for us. I hey, maybe maybe I they will. went to go see Tron on their anniversary. I or doubtful. On, like on the first date, you know, you know. Doubtful. <laughs> doubtful. Good first date movie. That's a good test. Do you like yeah. this? No. See ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>So let's go around the do the table here and uh, let folks know where people can find you. Starting with Mr. Care Bear himself. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Sith Care Bear. I'm also Sith Care Bear on Instagram, and uh, that's really about it. And then I'm all up in everybody else's business. So there you go. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> come join and the fun. Come join the fun. <laughs> And uh, Frank, uh, our wonderful patron, thank you so much for your continued support and contributions to our content. Always a pleasure to have you on, sir. Where can thank folks you. find you? Uh, you guys basically can find me on Twitter at the Frank402. I'm hanging around there, looking at everything. Yeah, <laughs> kind of just following the following <laughs> the content. You know, yeah. Frank's up in the business too. It's okay. I'm in everybody's okay. business looking at. Uh, but no, it. I mean, uh, it's it was fun being on the show tonight. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've been on. Uh, I always, every chance I had, you know, I get, I you know, love to come on. Obviously, with the world and work and stuff like that, it's it's very hit or miss. But yeah, I just love you know, love being on. And this was a movie that I grew up watching. Uh, so I was like, oh, I got to take the opportunity to see, you know, let's talk about it, especially with the 40th anniversary, which is just crazy. Wild. Four years. Yeah. yeah. Pulls my mind. When you told, when you told me, old. you know, yeah. When you uh, direct messaged us uh, about the, uh, the idea, I, you know, I looked at the 40 thing. I'm like, what? Wow. And I went to my calculator just to make sure. I'm like, wow, 40 years. That's crazy. 40 years. Yeah. yeah. It's just crazy how far we've come. Yep. You need Shanks. a calculator for that math? I'm just He was confirming. Wow. I'm Listen, confirming. Give him a break. He can barely convert times. Love you, Ro. <laughs> it's good to be loved. Good to be yeah. loved. You're my boy, Ro. My boy. My boy <laughs> and Shanti, my lovely co-host. Uh, where can folks find you? You're all over the place. Yes, so a couple things. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at SelenaKyle29. And in addition to that now, both the Twitter and Instagram pages have been launched for Scarf After Dark. It's happening. And also right after this, well, not right after this, but a couple of hours from now, I will be playing uh, Star Wars The Old Republic with our lovely Kelly from Cybar Cantina and 97 Bravo. So check that out, I believe, on the Red 5 Gaming uh, YouTube and Twitch. I got a, speaking of Scarif After Dark, I got a direct message from uh, Matt Vader 74 from the Salty Nerd Podcast. Um, what's up with Chantel's sex channel? Mm. <laughs> i'm like exactly. i don't know what, what do you mean <laughs> well mrs r2 thought you had created that uh, that's funny it's when's the only fans coming said, yeah i, I know bro has got yeah. a lot of personalities but no this one's mine <laughs> i'm sorry to confuse that's everybody <laughs> yeah that's too funny 
But um, absolutely, Saturday night, as long as Kenobi is rolling on uh, during the week, we have Scarif Live. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for stopping by the Citadel. And if you are a new listener to our show, thank you so much for trying us out. Head, head on over to wherever it is that you get your other favorite podcasts. Check out Scarif Podcast and the rest of the Red 5 Network family check out the bio link which is bio.link slash red five we got a little something for everyone if you're into the geek culture so are we hi i'm sith care bear josh and you're listening to the scarif was that was that an arabish yeah, that's exactly what This is why I had to write my intro down. <laughs> End of line. Oh my God, now I'm sweating. What? See? <laughs> now you know how I felt. Okay, run that line by me. Line. What was that again? Line. <laughs> line. <laughs> Hi, I am so and so, and you're listening to the Scare of Podcast, and that's the Scuttlebutt. Okay, all right. Do I go now? <laughs> <laughs> See? Not easy. Who talks first? <laughs> Do I talk first? You okay, talk okay. first. Do I talk first? Okay. Hi, I'm Sith Care Bear Josh, and uh, you're listening to the Scarif Podcast, and that's the Scuttlebutt. End of line. Good job. Thank you, sir. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. It's not easy when he springs it on you like that. No! Like, what the hell? <laughs> Just keeping you on your toes. I, I peed a little. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Just wanted to remind you all, we can be found wherever you find your other favorite shows. iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Podchaser, Backtracks FM, Podtail, Owltail, Google Podcast, and of course, our own Red5Network.com to name a few. And don't forget to drop us a voicemail at 773-234-8659, our Scuttlebutt hotline. We want to hear what's on your mind. Your call is very important to us. Let us know what you think of the show, what future topics we should tackle, or just to say, hello there. Please hold.